возлюбленная Богом Церковь, начиная наше богослужение, встанем, пожалуйста, и утвердим обетование, относящееся к преддверию нашей надежды. Да воцарится воскресение Христова в наших телах. Склоним наши головы в молитве. Дорогой Небесный Отец, во имя Иисуса Христа мы благодарны имени Твоему Святому за вновь представленную привилегию быть на месте всем, которое очертила десница Твоя для поклонения Святому имени Твоему. И ныне позволь наследию Твоему во имя крови завета подняться на вершины для нас недосягаемые и сокрушить всякое бремя и запинающий нас грех. Да будут прокляты в этом служении, как и прежде, все дела дьявола, болезни, нищета, преждевременная смерть, демоническая зависимость, всевозможные страхи, депрессии, разрушение, косность, невежество, все это да отступит от шатров святого народа Твоего. И ныне встань, Господи, на место покоя Твоего Ты и ковчег могущества Твоего, и да облекутся святые Твои спасением Твоим, и да возрадуются пред лицом Твоим. Дай нам больше от Духа Твоего, пропитай нас Духом Твоим святым, позволь нам найти светлое лицо Твое. Я представляю это служение в Твои божественные руки, Веди его рукою превознесенную, великий Бог, Отец, Сын, Дух Святой. Аминь. Да благословит вас Господь, можете садиться. Итак, And so before we begin to submerge into the depths of God's revelations, the unchanging epigraph of the study of the Word of God is the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 44. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. So that we, as the participants of the body of Christ, would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we will continue our study of our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth within the heart, revealing what we need to do from our side to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4.22-24 You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupt by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created by God into righteousness and holiness. We know that in order to fulfill this given commandment, we see three destiny-affecting, commanding, and fundamental acts that we must do, put off, be renewed, and put on. We've determined that it is specifically our decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether we transform ourselves into a vessel of mercy or vessel of wrath, or more specifically, will the achieving of our salvation stand or happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee that is given to us in the format of a guarantee or an investment or will we lose it forever which will then result in our names being forever blotted out of the book of life in order to confirm these three destiny impacting for us acts I will bring for us 
yet another place of scripture, although there are many more of them. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Colossians 3.8 through 11. In a particular format, we have already looked at the first two questions and stopped to study the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can then begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth? Relevant to this, we have already looked at a series of parables and events which allowed us to become familiar with the condition. Fulfilling this condition, we can, by the name of God El Elyon, or the name of the Most High God, destroy the stronghold of death in our body. This is the governing in us sin that identifies the essence of our old person with his deeds, so that with noise and forever we can thrust him out from within our body into hell, and afterwards we can erect the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of eternal life, in the place of the stronghold of death within our body. We stop to study the next condition. This condition is found in the allegory of the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that he alone has, reveals the demands on the basis of which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High. And this condition consists in this, in that the, in the circumstances of our hardship, we, putting off the old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our hearts, saying, who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, who we are to God in Christ Jesus, and what do we need to do in order to inherit all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus? We've noted that the allegory of the 18th Psalm of David is for us one of the most powerful and all-capturing examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and God Most High and their conflict with the carnal mind in the form of King Saul and governing sin in the form of our old person with his deeds who supports our carnal mind. In other words, immediately three kings in our body. It is the confession of the faith of our hearts saying who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus. God can receive the legitimate grounds to join the battle for our mortal body so that uh, he can shame the governing in its sin that is our old person that is in our mortal body by the power of his redemption and thrust him out with noise forever into hell before the world was created he had a plan he will create a man from the earth and this man will be his temple in which he will forever live and so the earthly body has a sacral uh, work that's being done often people don't understand about their body they're always waiting for the new body but the new body will be given to the one that first will clothe their earthly body into immortality just as 
a mollusk uh, coats uh, a pebble or something foreign that may fall into it into nacre. We see where uh, God talks about the pearl. He's always referring to the body that has been clothed into immortality. And this can only happen in the span of our time. Because when we're raptured, then what is earthly will become heavenly and will become completely different. But God wanted to show that the earth that he created it is very valuable to him. It uh, reflects Christ. From the earth, God created man in his likeness. This means that the earth also has a sacral purpose. And people understood what the earth was. It's not going anywhere. It's eternal. The fact that it will go through a fire, but it cannot fully be uh, burned. The deeds on it will be burned, but it's uh, ashes the er, that it's uh, formed from, made of its elements, it will exist and continue. And God, from what will remain, the materials, just like a body that's fallen apart, He'll create a new heaven and new earth upon which righteousness will dwell and people will live that will have a completely new body that will be in the likeness of the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to strive in this time, our time, we need to give God the proper grounds to destroy within our bodies uh, the stronghold of death. The stronghold of death is the law of the Most High that the old person relies upon and where he draws his energy or strength from. We, You may ask, where's the law coming from? Grace is given only when there is no law. The law needs to be eliminated. Grace is given for the new person, but if a person is uh, has repented, he's come to God, but in the body, the old nature still exists. And then that law or that uh, state that we've received beforehand from God, it transforms or can, uh, into a law that is against uh it is, uh, this law is not against the body, it is against the sin that reigns within the body, which is our husband. Because until sin reigns in the body, it is your husband, whether it be a, ma- a male or female. We're talking about spiritual things here. And so a person who rules over us, who commands us, he's the husband, and when we die for this hu- husband in the, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, then the stronghold of death will be destroyed, and in its place the stronghold of life will take, will, will take its place. 2,000 years have passed, and of course with some it didn't work, with some it did. They proclaim that not existent as existent, and God accounted to this as a righteousness to them. And so before we will be raptured and meet the Lord in the air, then He will resurrect these bodies of people that accepted that promise because they were not able to receive it without us, this promise, so that they without us would not uh, reach this perfection. And so we will first see them in the changed body, and then we together with them will change and will be raptured and meet the Lord in the air. 
In its character, the Psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of legitimate prayer for kings, priests, and prophets. First part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of this prayer, belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. The second part opens up the consistency of the legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver David from the hands of all of his enemies. And in David, we also see ourselves. Third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the, li the limitations of the typical human mind. In a particular format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look, to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of the legitimate prayer itself. We will study this in the eight names of God Most High. Studying the names of God that are uh, in the supernatural realm that are not able to be studied by the natural man, uh, mind of man but only with the heart is a dangerous uh, line because when a person begins to apply his fleshly mind instead of God's mind he immediately uh, places himself on the same level with God. We can only comprehend such things with our heart, and we can comprehend with our heart when our mind is renewed. While our mind is not renewed, uh, our heart is not able to understand the truth. When our mind is renewed, then our heart begins to comprehend the truth and begins to collaborate with our uh, renewed mind, giving us revelations about who God is, for us because we study his names what is contained in these names what qualities do they have as i said we already looked at specific names and so knowing and confessing the power contained in the heart of david in the eight names of god why specifically eight? Because it's talking about a covenant with God. Eight is a number of a covenant. And so sometimes David in his psalm uh, brings forth ten names of God, and then it's talking about holiness. But when it's talking about a covenant you make with God, David uses eight names. Rarely will you find such a prayer where there would be simultaneously uh, you'll see eight names. And so the confessions of the faith of the heart will allow us to fall in love with God. And for God, knowing or hearing his names, uh, seeing that David comprehends his names, allows that him to then battle against the enemies of David. Until we know these names, they're not able to help us. God can't use himself in these names for us. When people don't study, they think it somehow will just happen. God give, 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 and help. But that's not how it works. We justify ourselves by our mouth, and we condemn ourselves by our mouth. Our mouth needs to confess the full truth, the complete truth, which would give God the proper grounds to deliver us. And so for the, in this situation, we need all eight names. There's about 50 that exists as a whole. But all these names are one in the other, 
and are connected. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I have been saved from my enemies. The Lord is my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Eight sacred names. In a particular format, as much as the Lord has allowed in the measure of our faith, we have already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, studying the power of four of the names of God my strength, my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, and have turned our attention to the study of our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, in God's name, my rock, in whom I take refuge, as the rock of Israel. I will remind us of the definitions of the previous studied names and will then continue to study the definitions of the essence of the name of God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. In Hebrew, the word rock, as it relates to the nature of the Most High and the character of His word, contains the following unearthly virtues. A rock is an established and all-destroying power of the Most High. When it comes to His Word, it structures us, it builds us up, and it destroys the stronghold of death. It is greatness and potential in the Word of the Most High. Here we're talking about singing of the words of the Most High. This is the, the abilities of the Most High. This is the righteousness of the Most High, the holiness of the Most High. This is the multitude and riches of the Most High that will never diminish. It doesn't matter how much He will give. Just as the sun that loses millions of tons of heat on a regular basis, but in order to continue to shine, it still doesn't lose uh, its uh, mass capacity. And so uh, those of study don't seem, they can't understand how that's happening. The sun in its power, there are such uh, uh, high heat temperatures, um, pressure that we don't even understand, but and it continues to lose its mass but yet it doesn't diminish in its mass because nothing ever uh, is lost in God. Just as he uh, did for the widow in Sidon when she listened to the prophet and her oil continued and her flour continued in her pot. And so, it, no matter how much you take from there, it continues to have more, and you can feed uh, the entire world eternally just from that, because it never, ever would end. You can feed millions and billions of people, and nothing would... Uh, it's not how much you have, but but who you have a relationship with, what spring you drink from, what you trust in, what you hope in. Don't be afraid of the economical crisis. Do not be afraid of it. You are connected with the wellspring of uh, riches and multitude. God will nourish you 
in his way, he'll feed you. Don't be afraid. In scripture, the identification of rock, healthy, upright, wise, well-rooted, well-established, immovable, constant, continual, without fear, one that never ever loses or diminishes, one that is free of sin, and one who does not belong to sin, one who is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The quality and character of like a stronghold or in relation of of something hard, like a hardness, like a rock, it has such definitions as a rock, a cliff, a measuring wreath or a rod that God measures our building with a specific weight where it's talking about our spiritual level weight by which you can determine the value, the virtue of the individual or item God measured the waters of all the seas and and and, and waters and he also measured the the earth and the and the dust of the earth who would knew who knew the spirit of God and who taught him who did he counsel with and who gave him wisdom and teaches him knowledge and understanding the next name as we know is the, that we've been studying is rock it gives us the ability to run to God the name of God our strong foundation is to come into the uh, temple of God to get near to God or draw near to God to find yourself in the stronghold of God to be conceived with the seed of the kingdom of heaven to grow the fruits of the spirit when we're looking at the name uh, deliver he is a leader of a covenant he delivers us from sin and death he is the savior of the body he protects us from the wrath of God he restores us in our rights to an inheritance he puts us as his holiness into safety and keeps us for the coming of Christ the definition of rock itself as the rock of Israel is sharp end or edge of a cliff stone a stone defense blood the shadow of a cliff victorious elephant tusk elephant ivory eternal governing the comfort of peace we will remember that the existing nature of prayer in prayer we need to proclaim these names but proclaim them with understanding of what they are we need to learn them and study them well we remember that in that in the existing nature of prayer where David confesses his lot contained in the eight names of God most high it is a also a strategic teaching which is called to be the calling and mantle for kings for priests and for prophets who are anointed to rule over their mortal body 
When you hear a promise of God that is given for our earthly body and you've accepted it, you've accepted a mantle for kings, priests, and prophets simultaneously. When you begin to consider yourself dead to sin and living for God and proclaim that not existent as existent, God accounts this to you as a righteousness. And even if you may not feel this in yourself, but God doesn't base anything off of what you may feel. God has already accomplished it. In a, a visual or physical way, He'll fulfill it in the end of the days. And we are at the end of these days where God is preparing His church so that she can be clothed into the fruit of her spirit that she has grown, that is the tree of life. And if a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to rule over his calling, this calling is our mortal body, and to rule in the status of a king, priest, and prophet, so that he can clothe it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation, which is purposed for worshiping God in prayer, will not be of any benefit to him, if he is not accepting that anointing. Therefore, the qualities and the lexicon provided to identify the name of God, Rock of Israel, as with the previous studied names of God, cannot be found in any dictionaries of the world. In the given prayer psalm of David, we see that the name of God, Rock of Israel, contains the inherited lot of the Son of God. We inherit everything uh, with Jesus Christ. Everything is given to Him, but we inherit with Him. And so, we see the name of God, Rock of Israel, contains the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom we together, by collaborating with the power contained in the name of Rock, uh, name of God, Rock of Israel, are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and increase our profits. We receive these profits by investing the silver of our salvation that we have turned so we can profit. This consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ and is also the, the promise of imperishable food or imperishable sustenance. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man, it becomes vital for us to identify within each aspect of our existing uh, life, the role of God and the role of man. And for this purpose, just as we studied our lot in the previous names of, of God called to be the lot of our salvation, we have the necessity to study the following series of questions. What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What purpose in relation to achieving our salvation is our inherited lot called to accomplish in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What price do we need to pay in order to provide God a proper foundation to be our Rock of Israel? And by what results do we determine that God is truly our rock of Israel as it relates to the achieving of our calling? Not having clear and exhaustive responses to these questions that we are able to receive by being instructed in the faith in the strict order in which the body of Christ functions, we will not have any ability to invest our silver, which is the guarantee of salvation that we possess. This means that without a strict and voluntary obedience to the preached word of a man that possesses the authority of a father from God, as well as his helpers, we will have absolutely no opportunity to receive profit as fruits of righteousness from the seed of guarantee that we have invested. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, so that through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 You can't receive it from any 
a leader, when he refers here to us, it's anyone who is placed by God. He's one that is able to give seed, who receives in his spirit revelations what, how, and in what way, and how much to open up or reveal. And he uh, passes this on in the form of a seed so that uh, the church can take and receive the seed. Anyone who's not a father, he can't do this. It won't be a seed in his mouth. It won't be life when he says it. It won't give life when he says it. We need to also keep in mind that if we study our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, but we study it as something separate from the faith of our heart and the con- and separate from the confession of our mouth, then we will immediately be going in the wrong direction because God in all of His powerful and unchanging names is the lot of inheritance only within the boundaries of the spirit, soul, and body of each person that belongs to the category of the chosen by him remnant. And before receiving the right to the power to confess your inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, as an element of the faith of our heart, it is necessary to be clothed into the virtue of a student of Christ. The soil of our heart needs to be prepared to receive seed of the planted word and grow seed in order to demonstrate your power and the fruits of righteousness demonstrated in justice. And we will remember that only a person who thirsts to hear the word of God, studies this word, lives by this word, abides or continues in this word, and the word of God abides in him, is able to stand in battle against the ancient serpent and escape the deceiving nets and traps of the devil in order to inherit the salvation of his body by the redemption of Christ. Today, there are a lot of churches that absolutely are strange to God. Although they talk about Christ, but their truth there is very different. They don't pursue God's goals. They pursue their own personal goals and earn their salvation by the way of serving and doing kind things. In a specific format, we have already studied the essence of the first question, identifying the lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, and stop to study the second question. What purpose in relation to achieving our salvation is our inherited lot called to accomplish in the name of God, Rock of Israel? In the previous services, before we went into isolation from one another to confirm our covenant that we have between ourselves and God, we studied six components contained in the purpose of the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, and before we pay attention to the seventh component, I will remind us of the eight identifications of the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, within our heart, and afterwards the six purposes that our inherited lot is called to accomplish in achieving our salvation in the name of God, Rock of Israel. First, lot name, uh, the lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, in the heart of a student of Christ, is righteousness that rules in the fear of the Lord. The God of Israel spoke, the Rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, 2 Samuel 23, 3. You know what the fear of the Lord is? This is God's wisdom. Second lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, in the heart of a student of Christ, is the gap or our great 
belonging to Zion. This is the heights of beauty where God is and where he abides. Third lot, a component in the name of God, rock of Israel, in the heart of a student of Christ, is the gap within the rock under the cliff. The fifth lot, in the name of God, rock of Israel, in the heart of a student of Christ, is identified as a building uh, or a dwelling place of God as Zion. Fifth lot, in the name of God, or sixth lot, in the name of God, rock of Israel, in the heart of a student of Christ, is demonstrating the glory of God in the settlement places of the cliff. Seventh lot, in the name of God, rock of Israel, is the in the heart of a student of Christ, identifies itself in the rock from which streams of oil flow. The eighth lot in the name of God, rock of Israel, in the heart of a student of Christ, identifies itself in victory over the Philistines. I'm not going to even bring places of scripture because we've already went through this. I'm just trying to remind us of the identifiers, the identification of the rock of Israel. And now I will bring forth the next components contained in the purpose of the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, and after we will look at the seventh component, or the next components. First purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to give us living water so that we can quench the thirst of our new person, where we are called to demonstrate the holiness of God to the to the disobedient sons of God. Second purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to make our heart wiser than all of the wise men on the earth. The third purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to lift our head above our enemies that surround us. Fourth purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to be for him a rocky mountain and a rocky defense, with the power of which God will lead us and direct us so that He can deliver us from our enemies. Fifth purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to pour out for us a spring of water in order to do good for us as a result, where we will receive strength to obtain wealth in order to fulfill what is His covenant that God gave with an oath and confirmed for with our fathers. The sixth purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to feed us with honey from the rock and oil from the hard cliff. Seventh purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, that we will pay specific attention to today, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to separate us from the nations so that we can know the righteous works of God. Numbers 23, 9 through 10. From the rocky peaks I see him. He, God brought, uh, took the prophet to the heights of these, or the peaks of these uh, mountains, so he could see on these rocky peaks, he could see Israel. From the rocky peaks I see them. From the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations, who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel. Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. Numbers 23, 9-10. You're probably already guessing that this was uh, a prophecy of Balaam who had the intention, due to an attractive bribe promised to him by Balak, the king of the Moabites, 
So instead of cursing them, however, Balaam began to bless Israel. My people remember what Bala king of Moab plotted and what Balaam son of Boar answered. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Micah 6.5 The rocky peaks represents the function of the oath promises of God, containing the unsearchable inheritance of Christ, at the foundation of which lies the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. The heights, God gave this promise and he continually talked about this promise and very few understood what the prophet talked about, what he saw at the heights of these cliffs. The heights of these mountains, these cliffs, these are promises given by God to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ. The heights represent the function of the covenant of peace between God and man upon the basis of which we are called to inherit the oath promises of God. It can't be he stood upon the rocky heights, the cliffs, or the rocky peaks, as it says here. This is all an allegory. It's not possible in, to inherit the promise without the covenant. You have to make a covenant with God first, and then He gives you His promises. The phrase, from the rocky peaks I see them, from the heights I view them, speaks of the fact that God showed Balaam the purpose of Israel as a warrior in prayer, who upon the foundation Israel as a warrior in prayers, that's, that's what it means, who upon the foundation of the covenant that was made between God and their fathers. Not everyone who calls himself Israel is of Israel, as it's written in Scripture. And so, as uh, God showed Balaam, we see that he made it between God and their fathers a covenant to inherit by their faith the oath promises of God. The purpose of Israel as a warrior in prayer always comes from the natural omnipresence of God, where he foresees and foreknows how a nation and a person will respond within time that is allotted to them, how they will respond to his word that is given to them in the format of commandments and statutes. And if God, due to his ability to foreknow and predestine, uh, finds our response to his words to be full of reverence and respect and we are ready to fulfill his word he then predestines us to be conformed to the image of his son Jesus Christ and so predestining means before the creation of the world he already knew beforehand for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined he also called those he called he also justified those he justified he also glorified what then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any change against those whom God has chosen it is God who justifies who then in one who then is the one who condemns no one Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us Romans 8 29 through 34 this is an incredible place of scripture it was pulled out separately or just parts of it were pulled out separately and preached. And based upon that, a teaching was created that if 
anyone that God had predestined, only those will be saved. And so he, they then bring Apostle Paul, so why are you uh, arguing with God? If God wants to save and not save the other, he wants to save the one, not save the other. And so he, they uh, removed that word for new and just predestined, so it's as a destiny thing. God predestines and he gives each according to to their decision. Uh, he gives to you as much as you can receive, how much you can uh, bear of that, of the weight. And so today in the Pentecostal churches, some of them, or and Baptists as well, suddenly these kinds of teachings have have risen or, or, or be, uh, become or came, came in. And they say, you can sin as much as you'd like now because God won't save you. And if you're now planned for destruction, you can now sin. Um, and so, this is uh, the kind of church uh, that a couple that used to come uh, here, that were members here with a, a part of our, our church, they uh, went to such a church that teaches such things. And so he made excuses saying she's the one who let him away, but what happened is they were not of us, so they left us. And so Christianity, as is uh, considered this as a heretic teaching, but uh, I have now uh, heard this from uh, having conversations uh, with Episcopals of other churches, and they say it's fine, you can sin because God still won't save you. And so he then, one of these uh, gentlemen asked me, what, you don't believe in this? Uh, he'll still, he'll also save the devil and his angels too. So you can, you can sin. And I ask him, why don't you preach these things in the church or your church? He says, well, I only teach this to the wise and not to everybody. And so this gentleman eventually, of course, divided up his church and uh, and we understand how that is. So because of his ability to foreknow about a nation and a person, God separates nations from nations and such people from other people that in nature are haters of his word and refuse to come to the light so that their deeds not be exposed. And in this way, these people condemn themselves to eternal hell. Just like Balak, you can desire a blessing or a blessed destiny for yourself as much as you'd like, the destiny that belongs to Israel. And you can say this with your mouth, just as Balaam said it, let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. But if a person just like Balaam is ready to sell the truth away for the sake of an unrighteous bribe and is ready to accuse the innocent, then his correct confessions will be nothing more than idle words, for which he will die the death of the wicked, and his end will be similar to Judas's end, who betrayed Christ for 30 silver coins. The phrase, who can count 
The dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel, the dust of Jacob is the promise of God, as the descendants of Jacob in the form of fruits of righteousness. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Genesis 15, 4-6 When it refers to counting, numbering the dust of Jacob and a fourth of Israel, the word to count or number in Hebrew means determine a price and quality of something. It's not necessarily talking about a number. When it's talking about numbering, it's not necessarily always numbers, but a specific maybe promise that is being talked about. So, again, this numbering is determining a price and quality or identifying a role. By asking this question in the prophecy of Balaam, God wanted to show that only he has the right to evaluate his nation and only he has the right to determine the purpose of the roles for his nation. When it says to number a fourth of Israel, in Hebrew this means to number the order, where Israel was separated into four armies according to the four sides of the universe. Here it's talking about the four teachings, which each have their three and as a total are 12 that we have studied the elementary uh, teachings of Christ, the 12 foundations, the 12 oxen that uh, bear the bronze sea, and so forth. Summing up the given component, we conclude that the purpose of the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is called to separate us from the nations. You live among the nations, but you're not numbered or part of them, so that we can understand the righteous works of God in regard to ourselves, so that we can receive the inheritance of Jacob and form ourselves into the battalion unit in our army. If God will not separate us from the nations, then we will not be able to understand the righteous works of God. If we will be united and living in Babylon, Babylon is the mixture of those things that are God and things of men. It's written, I heard a voice from heaven come out from Babylon and do not participate in their sins, so you not suffer for their sins. If there are churches that preach the so-called truth from their mind and then others from the heart, if there's not a particular teacher, then each one says, uh, as, as we know, there are those that each brother speaks as he wills. And so some from the mind, some from the heart, some receive revelations from the Lord or speak from their heart and another comes up and speaks from their mind. And all of this is mixed, and all of this is called Babylon. And so to separate the people and prepare them for the uh, governing of Christ in their body, a person needs to understand the righteous works of God and be separated. And this separation is so deep, and the sanctification is so deep, that in the last ages, this sanctification 
had to literally separate ourselves physically from one another, being united in spirit but separate in body, to be able to establish this covenant with God. This, of course, served as a stumbling stone to some individuals, um, but we all went and did this sanctification. The eighth purpose contained in the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to make us, as his students, a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. Isaiah 32, 1-8 See, a king will reign in righteousness, and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind, and a refuge from the storm. They will demonstrate God's lot in the, His name as Rock of Israel. They will be as a shelter from the wind, as a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert. Everything God gives, He gives to one who thirsts. That's the only way He gives is if somebody actually thirsts for it. And it's not talking about it, the land itself, but it, people who thirst. Like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. And so when one sees, he doesn't see, he hears, but he doesn't hear. But when a person is under this great uh, cliff or this uh, great rock in a thirsty land, then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. The fearful heart will know and understand, and the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. Because until that time, and no longer will the fool be called noble, nor the scoundrel be highly respected. Because until this time, these fools, as they come out and they come out pridefully and speak many things and are respected, but they are actually foolish. For fools speak folly, their hearts are bent on evil, they practice ungodliness and spread error concerning the Lord. The hungry they leave empty. And from the thirsty they withhold water. Scoundrels use wicked methods. They make up evil schemes. To destroy the poor with lies, even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. Isaiah 32, 1-8 As much as we already know, a symbol of our king ruling in our body, according to righteousness, is called to be our sacred person, ruling within our body, within the boundaries of the elementary teachings of Jesus Christ identified within our essence as the kingdom of heaven upon the condition that we have grown into full measure of growth in Christ, in Jesus Christ. The symbol of our ruler, our ruler is the relative of the king. It says the, it says the children of the king. The only ruler, the true king is the king himself. But the ruler, and who is this ruler? The symbol of our ruler who rules according to the law of the Most High is the intelligent aspect of our soul that is renewed by the spirit of our mind that voluntarily places itself in dependence from our king, which is our new person. Our renewed mind can understand what is happening in the heart, but if the mind is not renewed, then 
Nothing will come from the heart. It will be just uh, other thoughts. The heart won't be able to communicate with the Holy Spirit if the mind's not renewed. I, I met people that say, the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. He revealed this and this to me. But I can see the Holy Spirit's not with this person. It's the unclean spirit that keeps revealing things to him. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to the heart when we have died for our nation, the house of our father, and for our destructive way of life, and the soil of our heart has become good. That is when our heart is able to receive seed. But until this time, it is necessary for us to be in the right place, so that this be a theocratical uh, format within the church. Therefore, the purpose of the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within our heart, is called to exalt our new person within the boundaries of our body to the royal throne, which is the rod of our pure mouth. A pure, a, a pure mouth is a gentle mouth. A gentle mouth is when a person restrains himself. He restrains his emotions, his feelings, his words. He understands what should be said and what shouldn't be said, what words should be said and which words should not be said. Although they will be, even though it will be very tempting to say them, but this person with a gentle mouth, he restrains himself. And if he restrains himself, he will restrain his body as well. If you can't restrain your mouth, you'll never be able to restrain your body. That's what Apostle James says. And to give our ruler, that is our renewed mind, the power of godly authority to rule over our body, because our king can't directly uh, rule uh, over our body, he uses our mind. And so this ruler is our mind, our renewed mind, according to, and so to give our ruler, that is our renewed mind, the power of godly authority to rule over our body according to the law of the Most High by the rod of our mouth. And to see the entire picture in the given component, the purpose of the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, it is necessary for us to study all of the elements of the character of this ruler. Because the quality of being a shadow of a great rock is a thirsty land, or in a thirsty land, is only one of the element qualities of our ruler, which we can determine as accurate by having the other qualities presented in the same given allegory. Considering that all of these unique qualities possess a surprising balance amongst themselves, they unite together, reveal themselves in one the other, come one from the other, and identify the legitimacy of one the other, we will study them in the sequence in which we see them presented in the given allegory. It's not just to be a shadow of the cl from a cliff, but of a great rock in a thirsty land, but there are four total. The unique union of our ruler, which is our renewed mind with our king, which is our new person, consists in the fact that he fulfills the role of a helper when it comes to our king, who is our new person, who fulfills the role of the master. Therefore, by the role of our ruler presented in his unique qualities to present the lot of the name of God, the Rock of Israel, we will be able to determine the qualities of our King, presenting the very same lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, in the rod of our mouth. Therefore, according to the uh, being studied by us allegory, our ruler in the form of our renewed mind is called to rule over our body 
according to the law of the Most High, and he will possess the following qualities. He will be for us a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the storm. He will be like a stream of water in the desert, and then he shall be a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. First, as a result of our ruler governing within the boundaries of our body and our soul, as a result, then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, the ears of those who hear will listen, the fearful heart will know and understand, the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. Second, as a result of our ruler governing within the boundaries of our body and our soul, no longer will the fool be called noble and the scoundrel will not be highly respected. The first element in the role of our ruler in his unique ability to present the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, will consist in him being a shelter from the wind for us. We need to ask the question, what is this bad wind that we need to be sheltered from by our renewed mind? Or in what way is our ruler in the form of our renewed mind called to serve as a shield for us from this bad wind? Because this bad wind are bad teachings, bad words, deceiving words. The bad winds are the activities of the spirit of deception or perversion who reveal themselves in thoughts that come from the flesh, that resist and confront the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, contrary to the bad wind, there is a good wind, who is our renewed, which is our renewed mind. And, uh, and this good wind is the blocking force or shield from the works of the thoughts of the spirit of deception within our heart. The good wind in the thoughts of the Holy Spirit makes itself known in the atmosphere of our heart where we receive a proper basis to demonstrate ourselves in the quiet blowing or the breathing of revelations in the thoughts of God. The proper basis for the quietly blowing thoughts of the Holy Spirit within our renewed mind is called to serve as a shield for us from the contrary wind which are thoughts of the flesh that are supported by spirits of deception is the atmosphere of our good heart that is identified by the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ at the same time the basis for the thoughts of the spirit of deception forming a bad wind in the minds of men of the flesh and making them haters of the Holy Spirit why does this bad wind take control? Why is his mind not able to be this uh, this protector from these winds? Because he's, his mind is not renewed. He refused to die for his nation, the house of his father, and for his destructive lifestyle. And so the basis for the thoughts of the spirit of deception, forming a bad wind in the minds of men of the flesh and making them haters of the Holy Spirit, is the atmosphere of their hearts, which are not cleansed from dead works, where there is an absence of truth of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ. They can memorize it in, in, their, in, in their mind, with, but they are not in the heart. They don't live by this. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, 
not in words taught uh, uh, taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them, because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord? So as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. And so they judge, but they don't judge uh, legitimately or rightfully. They can judge as much as they'd like, but the scriptures say that no one can judge about God or to evaluate properly. The second element in the role of our ruler in his unique ability to present the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is him being our refuge from the storm. In Hebrew, the word storm means a strong rain or heavy pour down accompanied by hard wind. A refuge means a covering, protection, a canopy, something that covers, a hidden place, a place where you can hide. And we know what is a covering. A covering is when we accept God's delegated authority, that is a person that God has given. This is a covering. Someone who does not have this covering, these uh, storms will be clashing against him. And a person, such a person may not even know that the storm is truly occurring. We need to ask the question, what in our essence is a heavy pour-down that is accompanied by a strong wind? And in what way is our ruler, in the form of our renewed mind, able to serve as a refuge from this storm? The symbol of the heavy pour-down accompanied by a strong wind for our essence are trials that are allowed by God into our life in order to test our spiritual structure which is our trust so he can separate us from the category of the called condemning them to a great shipwreck in their faith because there are the chosen and there are the called and so to separate the called from the chosen and the chosen from the called Uh, trials and tests will be allowed into our life. Our ruler in the form of our renewed mind can be a refuge for us from the storm exclusively due to its open nature and his thirst to hear the word of God, which allows him to, uh, to meditate about the things that are above, specifically meditating about the things that are above that our ruler is captivated with is the basis for our building into a spiritual house and makes our ruler a refuge from the storm. And so you have your king, your, your new person, and then your prince, or your ruler. He becomes then this covering from the storm. And the opposite, the thoughts of a man of the flesh focused upon worldly successes attempts to utilize the anointing and gifts of the Holy Spirit for the wrong purpose, which means that he does not have a foundation or basis to build himself into a spiritual house. I would like to say once again, be very careful when you hear information. Soon, information will will change to something else. Right now, it's on the vaccines. And it's unfortunate that the saints listen to it and believe everything they hear. 
that women aren't going to bear children anymore, that this is the seal of the beast, and all other kinds of information. You have to be ill in mind to truly believe that. I say, why don't you not just follow my example in this? When some... Uh, it is our role to uh, to treat ourselves and so to get a vaccine is a good thing there's nothing wrong with getting a vaccine and so if it were the case that we did not need to nurse ourselves to help ourselves uh, we would not be using creams or any other kinds of things in our life either why is there so much attack against this vaccine? Because Satan is against this vaccine. Because this vaccine is going to save hundreds of thousands or millions, even uh, lives. There will be those uh, that will uh, possibly die and, and other things. But that when they reject these things, when they say this is a work of masons and other things, be very careful when you hear information around you. I told God, Lord, I see clearly that there's nothing wrong here, but I want to receive confirmation from you. And I prayed in my spirit and I told God, give me confirmation, understanding, because I see this healthily that I need to do this. And I received in my spirit that a full confirmation that do do it. <clears throat> uh, but people say, what about the side effects? Well, every single medication, any medicine, if you look, there are people that have side effects for, for the, from these things, for every kind of medicine that exists. And so the devil tries to uh, force his ideas upon a holy person. Mass information in, in the media is more than 90% is false. To find truth there is hard. And, and even the most careful people, unfortunately, uh, get uh, trapped sometimes into these this, this information, uh, researching and other things. And so everyone, like... And so millions, and so 400 million people at least have been vaccinated already, and everything's fine. And so people who have vaccinated themselves will be immune, and even if they get sick again, they will be able to over, uh, tolerate it or overcome it easier. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock.
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. See what happens when people listen but don't fulfill the word of God. What does it mean to resist the devil uh, with our faith? To resist the devil with our faith that means to take places of scripture and to pray uh, pray these words pray these words of God especially specifically about the things that may be coming into your mind these ideas, thoughts that he brings pray in scripture and proclaim these things from the, from the scriptures and so people who don't really know what they're talking about and I've, I've met some of these individuals before they say well we need to we need to resist the devil we need to resist the devil well how are you going to resist the devil I asked them they're like well we need to do it and they think they know but they, we need to do it by faith they say but I saw recently in Jimmy Swaggart a very unpleasant individual who is jumping about 15 minutes on the stage yelling only believe and everything will happen and so he read the place of scripture saying just believe but you have to believe the word the word that is spoken by an, a delegated one uh, if you didn't receive the specific word then that this won't work the same way because they say, you see, look, it's written in the Bible, believe, believe. But they don't even look at the fact that the word was given to this person. When you receive in your heart the word from the Lord, that he healed you from cancer, you don't need to take any more medication. But if you didn't receive the word, then continue to take the medication because this is also God's mercy and this is also God's healing medication. Doctors and medicine are also a part of God's healing. Uh, Apostle Paul with his team, with his group, they all had illnesses too, and some even uh, died among the apostles. But amongst them, there was Apostle Luke. He was an incredible doctor who God gave uh, this man to them in their team, in their group. And it wasn't easy to uh, travel on, on ships at the time. Um, we, for weeks they would be traveling by foot, then on donkeys, then on ships. And so you needed a person to be present who knew what needs to, to, to be eaten, what you need to do, what, how you need to behave in certain situations so you're not ill. There's God's role and there's our role. I'm surprised why... I always ask questions, God will keep us, God will keep us, so then why did God not keep you from getting a sore throat? And so, 
We need to keep ourselves protected when he's given us a medic medicine that we need to actually be wise about this. But if we decide it won't touch me, it will touch you then because you've made that decision and didn't follow what you should. The third element in the role of our ruler in his unique abilities to present the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is that he will be like streams of water in a, de in a desert for us. In Hebrew, the phrase a stream of water in a desert means streams of living water in a dry and parched land. When a person begins to hunger, when a person hungers for the word of God, his revelations, then what does one who hungers do? He meditates, he studies, he, he comes to the service, he prepares his heart saying, Lord, give my heart understanding today. Give the pastor the word that I need for today and God will give you exactly that word that you need. And so we need to ask the question, what, is a, what in our essence is a land that is dry and parched? And in what way is our ruler in the form of our renewed mind able to uh, be a stream of water in a desert for us? The symbol of the dry and parched land within our essence is the thirst to hear the word of the Lord. And to be streams of water in the desert is the collaboration of our ruler and the Holy Spirit in the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The fourth element in the role of our ruler in his unique abilities to present the lot of the name of God, Rock of Israel, is that he will be a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. In Hebrew, the phrase a shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land means the shadow of the Almighty that reveals itself in the virtue of an exalted by God rock for the broken and contrite heart. We need to ask the question, and what is our in our, in our essence is a broken and contrite heart, and in what way is our ruler in the form of our renewed mind able to be for us a shadow of a great rock? The symbol of a thirsty land identifies a broken and contrite heart of a man who for, uh, for the sake of erecting in his body the stronghold of life by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ dies for his nation, the house of his father, and for his life in the flesh. And so, in the death of Christ, there's always thirst, because there's no life, there's death there. 
but when you overcome death with Christ, you will overcome then you will be able to experience the resurrection and the quenching will be during the resurrection stage. The purpose of our ruler in the form of our renewed mind serving for us as a shadow of a great rock is our belonging to Zion, where our ruler becomes a shadow for us of a great rock. For this is what the High and Exalted One says, He who lives forever, those whose name is holy, I live in a high and a holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite one. Isaiah 57, 15, people who have, are in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ have died and then became alive in the resurrection. To examine the virtues of our ruler and him belonging to the four elements, it is necessary for us to examine ourselves on the virtues of the four elements which reveal themselves in our words, our actions, specifically in result of our, gov- of our ruler governing within the boundaries identified as our essence. The eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, the ears of those who hear will listen, the fearful heart will know and understand. The stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. Second, in result of our ruler governing within the boundaries identified as our essence, no longer will the fool be called noble, the scoundrel will not be highly respected. The first sign in the given allegory by which we need to determine uh, the above listed components is that the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed. The goodness of our ruler, and that is our renewed mind, is that he is given the ability to see the mis- uh, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, which are in the treasury of his parables. This is the language of the Holy Spirit. Our eyes, unlike the category of men of the flesh, will have the ability to see who God is for us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ. We, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what in what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became, became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in fact, then I shall know even as I am fully known. 1 Corinthians 13, 9-12. And so I will know God in His names. The second sign by which we need to determine the above-mentioned components is that the ears of those who hear will listen. The ability will be that is, the ear of our heart will be opened and will be ready to be able to receive the preached word about the kingdom of heaven called to be enthroned within our body. Unlike when we were within uh, our flesh, we did not think or know that we need to prepare our heart to listen to the preached word about the kingdom of heaven. We often see, we see this constantly, guard your steps when you go to the house of God, 
your your steps as your goal your the uh, watch for the goals you have when you enter the house of god go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong ecclesiastes 5 1 when you come into the house of god your goal is to hear what god will say to their heart but people come just to sing or pray or do other things the third uh, sign uh, given in this allegory by which we are able to identify the above-mentioned uh, components is that the fearful heart will know and understand. And so this heart was not wise previously and became fearful and then will know and understand. <clears throat> the ability will be to understand the difference between what is holy and unholy and in Job 34, 1-4, it says, Then ill you said, Hear my words, you wise men. Listen to me, you men of learning, for the ear tests the words. As the tongue tastes food, let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. Job 34, 1-4. If a person does not possess a wise heart, then this is not for him. But this place is red, but this is not for the unwise heart. Come up to a person and... and Tell him, show me the signs that you are wise, and he won't be able to show you the signs that he is wise. I am wise because I died for my nation, and I died for the house of my father. I died for my destructive form of life. I am wise because upon the, the tablets of my heart, the elementary teaching of Christ is imprinted. I am wise because the Holy Spirit is the Lord and Master of my life and reveals to me in my heart, mysteries, the truth of the teaching of Christ. Fourth sign of the given allegory by which we're able to identify the above-mentioned signs is that the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. <clears throat> the ability will be... Our, we will have the ability to confess the faith of God that abides in our wise heart. Unlike when we were in the state of the flesh and confessed those truths that we did not understand and that we did not have in our heart. This is, is what is the stammering tongue, not what is in the heart, but confesses what he likes. But to the wicked person, God says, What right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. I will say first, thieves are not those are those who do not have revelations but steal them. And for some reason, uh, we then uh, want to sp uh, spend time with these types of thieves instead of the one that truly gets uh, receives the revelations. When you see a thief, you join with him, you throw in your lot with adulterers, you use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things, I kept silent. You thought I was exactly like you, but... I now arraign you and set my accusation before you. Psalm 50, 16 through 21. Our time is up today. Let us bend our knees 
and our heads and we will pray. We will thank God for the word that we were able to have today and may the Lord bless us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the great opportunity again and again to be upon this blessed place together with your nation. You truly have protected this place and have given it to us. Although the enemy attacks this place, but every time the enemy tries to attack, it becomes stronger and better in literal terms and non-literal as well. We thank you for your wisdom. Blessed are you and blessed is your wisdom and your mercy. May the temple of our body be in a way that you can rest in it, where you can incline your ear, where you can lay down your head, that there not be nests or holes for foxes. May your wisdom be blessed in our bodies. May the works of the devil be destroyed in the lives of your people, in the lives of those saints that are still entangled in sin and continue to suffer from it. You don't call these people sinners because they are slaves of sin, but they are righteous because they continue to suffer from sin. They hate it and they want to be free of it. You call sinners only those that are naturally sinners and legalize these sins and cover them up and make it the try to demonstrate themselves as holy, which they are not. It is to them that you are strict, that they take your words in their mouth, but they cast your truth behind their shoulder. I thank you for the nation that does not behave this way, that love your word, that tremble before your words, They've taken your words into their heart. They carry it around as a treasure. We thank you for this beauty and the power of your word that you give us the ability to penetrate the depths of your mind and see the beauty of your character in your names that become our possession. We can live in accordance to these blessings and these qualities. We worship before you and glorify you for your great works. Our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.